Money FM 89.3, best of drive time. Culture Club. Money of M 89.3. Good afternoon. It is drive time. Elliot Danka, Timothy Go, and Chua Tiantian in with you. It is time now for Culture Club. Tim, imagine this. If royalty ordered, I don't know, food or dessert of any kind from you, how would you feel? I'll be scared. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Xavier. <laughs> I'd be so scared. Yeah. Yeah, you just never know, right? But excited at the same time, I'm Exci- sure. Yeah. And proud. Yeah. Our next guest has experienced that, uh, Chef Loretta Liu. She's highly experienced. She's got 25 years of baking and culinary experience from the UK, France, and Singapore. They're the best places to, to, to mm-hmm. hone such skills, you know? Of course, Loretta has worked with several Michelin chefs as well in the past and had the privilege to learn from Frédéric Bao, one of the renowned pastry chefs whose technical innovations in pastry and chocolate are now used all across the world. Mm-hmm. Now she's back home here in Singapore to give a series of cookery classes based on the books, recipes at Arts, Baking and Cookery School in Lavender. And she's in the studio with us this afternoon, Chef Loretta Liu. Good evening, Chef. How are you? I'm good. Good evening to you. So, Loretta, what was going through your mind when, well, the Queen tried perhaps your macarons? We had a, um initiative because it was the um, Diamond Jubilee. Mm-hmm. And we thought, okay, we have designed a whole range of macarons for the festival. And my macarons was primarily all quite designed macarons with very interesting flavors. And thought, okay, do you think the Queen will like it? So we rang the office as well. Mm-hmm. Because um, it's not easy to get food past the Queen. Of course, yeah, such. Yeah. We also did a collaboration with the school for the kids to decorate their own macarons. Oh. So we need a structure of uh, the crown, of the Queen's crown. And all the children from, a, I think it was year five, was a risk. they got together and then I taught them how to decorate macarons. And so then they cute. did all the diamonds and such. Yeah. So it was good because it was a very, very busy year. Yeah. And everyone was concentrating on Prince William. Oh, so that was the year they got married? Was I it? think it was the year when she was expecting or George oh, okay, was okay, meant okay, to be. Okay. Yeah. It was quite a big celebration, but the focus was more on the baby's arrival yeah. than it was on the Queen. But the officers, yes, very happy to accept wow. the gift. So we've got... So after the structures we made and the sculptures we made, mm. so we drove to Beckerman Palace and it's very strict to get into it. The secretary came and received <laughs> the items and received the macarons. Okay. And we thought, oh gosh. So I had to give them instructions how to put it away, yeah. how you serve the queen with it. I wasn't allowed to take photos, unfortunately. Oh no. So you didn't get to meet the queen as well? I didn't get to meet the queen. She oh. wasn't in London at that moment. Right. She was still in Windsor. Did she at least send a letter of thank she you? She did. Ah. In fact, that was unexpected. When I received the letter, I was so shocked because it's back in Paris heading. Oh my gosh. You are to be knighted now. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> wow, what an amazing experience. It was. It was really quite fun. And it was interesting to be part of the British culture. Right. You know, and also... Monarchy is quite interesting because there's always the ones that says we are, we can do without them. And I go, I'm a foreigner. I think you should have them. <laughs> <laughs> but how did it make you feel, though, in knowing that the late queen had tasted your, your cooking, your, your baking? 
I was very happy because it's one of those things. She's she's not really adventurous no. with food. Okay. Yeah, she she likes some of the things that she likes. So they are quite careful on what they would accept from okay. her, and and it has to go through quite a few process. So mm. the answers didn't come through quite quickly. So. So by which point we received, um, yes, you can send her the products. It was like a week or two later. So we were all jumping for joy. Wow. So I've got a very typical Singaporean question. So now that's in your resume, right? The, the queen has tasted your baking. Does that help business? Like you can go around and say, you know, the queen tasted my macarons before, no? So I didn't, I didn't use <laughs> certificate that. Certificate of approval. <laughs> I didn't really utilize that. I kept quiet about that, actually. Right. And I think I talked more about it after I've um, closed the business just before COVID. <laughs> oh, mm, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. What, what happened there? I think just before COVID, we had Brexit. And after Brexit, there were lots of shifting around mm. in the market. Mm. And uh, where we were based was a lot of expats and there were a lot of my regulars were leaving and things. Okay. And I felt it was a bit of darkness. And mm. I thought, I can't see light at the mm. end of the tunnel. Okay. And I thought, I'm just going to close this. So I did close the business. Fortunately, I did because COVID came in. And right now, it's still recovery time. Mm-hmm. It's going to take quite a long recovery time. Mm. In London, it's going to take much longer yeah. than it does Singapore. They're, they're expecting something like a two years worth of inflation, possibly recession. Yeah, because my electricity bill has gone up oh, like dear. 300 over times. Wow, wow. I mean, it's like from 60 to 300. <sighs> it's ridiculous. Within a month. Pounds you're talking about. We're talking about pounds. Wow. Yeah. That's a lot So my of husband's like, okay, this month, nighttime usage, daytime usage. <laughs> And I went, okay, because we have this system where there's a discount rate. Okay. Eight hours of the day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And we went, okay, we're using it nighttime. I said, I'll wake up and I'll work the night hours. <laughs> wow. So, in Singapore, we got U-Safe voucher, so that's always nice. <laughs> Uh, Loretta, let's talk about your experiences working with other Michelin sh- uh, chefs in the past. How How is it to work with the best of the best in your industry? It was very different in my time. So we were, I'm close to 50. So you we're don't talking look about. It, just a mm-hmm. <laughs> so we're, we're talking about like over 30 years ago. Okay. And it was really very overwhelming, especially I'm a woman. And being a woman, it's not easy being in the kitchen in the first place. Mm. It's a very, very tough industry. And Singapore is not too bad. The hours are still regulated. But when I was in Europe, the hours are very, very long. So I would mm. start seven in the morning. I'd be finishing after cleaning the kitchen at 11 at night. Well, fortunately, we don't have a six-hour well, six week, uh, six-day week. So it was five-day week. So it's mm. not too bad in, in terms of I get, I get to rest two days a week. Sure. But the, I think what's good is the produce really fresh and it's the produce that inspires you Mm. and also the philosophy on the chef that you're with. Mm. And um, some chefs are really quite regimented and some chefs are really creative. Anything goes in the day. And um, what you get today might be slightly different tomorrow because his mind just goes, oh, I don't like this design today. And he's inspired to do something different. So you learn a lot from very, very good chefs. I think what's good about Western culinaries, they're very open to sharing and teaching. And it's very different from... Chinese kitchen. Okay. It's really about who you know and 
are you in the right clan or mm. and and such so the chinese chefs are not as open to teaching and guiding as the western chefs are wonder if that's down to like asian parents not wanting to share grandmother's recipe i just remembered how my grandparents they were bakers yeah. and uh, throughout the, the business the i think it was 30 40 years when they were running their bakery nobody none of the staff knew what went in ah. to each Food. They just come in in the morning, measure everything, and just go mix it and make the make whatever pastry. Wow! So I guess it's the same where you're coming from. They don't Asians don't like to share mm. family it's a very protected secrets. recipes. Yes. Mm. yes, yes. So to this day, we don't know. So we yes. can't revive the business yeah. of my grandparents. Yeah, I think that's definitely the very. It's very unfortunate. Whereas Western cooking is techniques are taught. Yeah. But then obviously you develop your own style. Style your own taste mm. and then it, it becomes part of what you want and so my cooking has evolved quite a bit from how I started to where I am now mm. and I love exploring with fresh produce obviously <laughs> don't we all coming back to Singapore just this week or two I noticed a lot of food in Singapore is a lot saltier and sweeter mm. than I remembered mm. but it probably has always been but mm. I've just I'm just not used to eating that anymore. Mm. Mm. And um, my own cooking, I don't really use sugar as such. I, I tend to use like honey as a replacement. Mm. But if you use good honey, it's mm. not really very sweet. Yeah. So it's all depending on how you replace some ingredients and you enrich the flavor and you enrich the nutrition value of the dish as well. So everything I do, I have to have a seed or nuts. So because that will add elements mm. and nutrition value to the dish. Mm. So it, it creates textures as well. Mm. So it's beyond just sesame seeds, basically. Mm. That's fascinating. I do wonder, you know, with, with these rich experiences that you talk about, how does it affect you or how does it shape you as you move from chef to author, chef to teacher? I ran a cookery school when I was in UK for about seven years and I taught over 10 over 1,000 students. There was a lot of students that went through, that came through my cookery school. It was, it's very interesting because I've always been quite strict in the kitchen. So in my class, sometimes that, that does transfer over to the students and I'll tell them, when I'm teaching, it's best to just focus and listen first, only because any interruptions will affect dish so the, any questions can be asked after but not during <laughs> she is the typical Asian I chef know, teacher that you were just that. talking about earlier <laughs> and I mean it's, it, it can be very fun after yeah but during the teaching process I said you're here to learn yeah. <laughs> and that's the purpose but when I came to Singapore to teach a few classes the attitude was a bit different mm. so I've been told, oh, you have to be a bit more responsive to all their questions yeah. midway. And yeah. I go, okay, mm. I will adapt. <laughs> it's a gener generational thing as well. I guess younger people, they have more questions maybe. Yeah, I think it's the generation of wanting instant answers as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, you remember the days when we need an answer. Sometimes we need to go to the library to do our research. Mm -hmm. yeah. It's not so anymore, yeah. is it? You go yeah. through the internet and that's it. So there isn't... The waiting game is not <laughs> no longer something they learn. Yeah. I have to tell that to my son. You need to learn to get bored, John. That's Le true. Yes. Learn how to, to enjoy your, boredom. Yes, and use your head to yeah. be creative when you're yes. bored, right? That's a good way of putting it. I think a lot of recipes probably come to your head as well when you are bored. It does, because that's when your creative 
Jews starts developing its own thinking, and we're no longer occupied by interference or things that we're chasing after all the time. Smartphones, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Loretta, let's talk about your inspiration for your book. It's called Bao Asian Style Buns, Dim Sum, and More from Your Bamboo Steamer. What's the inspiration? The bamboo steamer. Bamboo steamer. Yes, I thought so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Bao is a marketing name. <laughs> really? Well, I think, I think in order to, you know, the book industry is no longer as profitable as it was yeah. ages ago because yeah. everyone's going online and who really buys a cookbook these days? In order for you to sell a book, your book cover has to attract attention within five seconds. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So if you can't capture that in five seconds, then mm. then you lose your potential potential yeah. customer. Mm-hmm. So so the title of the book is important, obviously, and the design of the cover page is important. Content after, mm. and I think in UK, Bow is really becoming very popular. Mm. In, I think it's after COVID, you know, everyone is shifting their attention away from eating out and a lot more cooking at home and also eating healthily. And I think that really helps with the sales of books these days. So we wanted to design, we wanted to create a book that allows people to cook without... The thing, about, the thing I love about steaming is... You don't have to clean so much after cooking. Oh my goodness! I have to wash and clean my splash wall and my extractor fan every time after cooking on the day of steaming. And I go, oh, that's it. Stress-free, not much to clean, and it's really tasty as well. I mean, air fryer is a new thing, Mm -hmm. but steamer is another way. Air fryer is not really effective, though, don't you think? (laughs) I'm not a big fan of air fryer. Me neither. It's just a mini oven to me. So it's like a little toaster. That's true. Yeah. Uh, Loretta, we've got time for just one very quick question. Uh, you're, of course, uh, giving a series of cookery classes based on that book's recipes at the Arts Baking and Cookery School in Lavender. Apart from that, looking into the future, is it possible you might reopen a cafe? We get to taste those desserts sometime soon. In <laughs> <laughs> oh, Singapore would be very tough. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I am thinking of doing something sort of smaller and and smaller scale. But right. in Singapore, setting up a bread and mortar is um, a big investment, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, my yes. friend here has one. <laughs> and manpower is Ooh, another big challenge. Yes, yes, it's, it's a very different shift these days. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The cookery school would be the cookery classes that I do would be interesting. Because um, I'm a big fan of sourdough, so I'm doing the sourdough class as well. So my sourdough is like 40 over years old. Well, I have a friend who's obsessed with that, and her husband finds her weird. <laughs> really? Yeah. It's like, what are you doing? That's like a pet that you have there. <laughs> Anyways, we've been speaking with Loretta Liu, who is a chef. Thank you so much. We wish you the best luck with your classes and the future. Thank you very much for inviting me. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg. Or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.